Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. It's a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys. Friday, March the 1st. It's March. Can you believe it? Uh, a brand new month already upon us. Uh, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith with you. Uh, we're hoping to have Jimmy with us for a bit as well later in the show, uh, time permitting, whether he can get in or not. But uh, we're here ready for this Friday edition of the show. We have a three-game NHL slate tonight uh, on this Friday uh, and of course, that's just a appetizer to what's coming as usual on Saturday with a loaded slate coming up tomorrow. Uh, before, of course, we begin with yesterday, uh, or sorry, begin before we begin with the three games tonight, we'll look back at yesterday's uh, Thursday slate. Uh, and I'm telling you what, um, you look at this uh, slate, it was it was pretty wild, some of the stuff that we saw. A lot of uh, entertaining games. We had a couple of games go to overtime last night uh, as well. Uh, one of them we were on the uh, winning end of a draw with. Uh, so it was a very entertaining Thursday night. We'll start in Boston with a crazy game, the Bruce Cassidy Bowl. It was Golden Knights Bruins. Man, I thought we had it there when Vegas rallied at 4-4. I've got a, a rare, and I mean rare, best bet on the draw for the show. Uh, but unfortunately, Aiden Hill, man, you got to have that fifth goal. You got to have that one. Uh, right along the ice, nice shot by Mason Lowry, the defenseman. Low, Rye, You know, uh, obviously he had a nice uh, shot there, but went kind of right, right through Aiden Hill. You'd like to see the goalie make that save. Uh, he was not able to, and that was the game winner on the power play for the Boston Bruins. A 5-4 win for them in regulation, unfortunately, bringing an end to their sixth consecutive game draw streak. Uh, or six straight games going to overtime or a shootout. But I give Vegas a ton of credit, man. They could have could have said it was not our night after they fell behind 3-0 in the first period, but they did not do that. Unfortunately, they rally all the way back, and they still end up with nothing to show for it in that game. They can't get uh, the game to overtime or get a point, but still commendable effort considering how bad that game started for Vegas to battle back. And for Boston, I, I give them credit. That's a quality win. It's beating yeah. a good team in a tough spot, coming off a long road trip. So you got to give the Bruins a lot of credit for the win that they were able to get last night against uh, Vegas to stop the bleeding just a little bit. Carolina with some late heroics for me, a little empty net magic to cash two bets, essentially. The puck line and the bigger bet for me, which was over three and a half Carolina team total last night. Uh, they got to three goals after the first two periods, but they needed the empty netter right at the end uh, in order to get a four to two victory. Uh, last night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Very workmanlike uh, performance again from the Hurricanes in that game, uh, getting the wins. Spencer Martin was actually pretty solid in net for the uh, Hurricanes last night, getting the start. 32-22 edge in shots. It wasn't actually that bad of a game from Tarasov. Definitely better than some of the ones we've seen from him recently, but not enough to get Columbus a victory as they fall 4-2 to Carolina. Hurricanes continue to impress. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, look, we... We kind of fall, fell victim to this one a little bit. You know, we figured, what is Detroit only minus 110 in this game? Felt a little short on Detroit. And sure enough, the Islanders go to Detroit and beat them 5-3 last night. 
uh, in that one. Uh, the Detroit bets fall short, money line and team total, but credit to the Islanders getting the victory and coming from, uh, you know, giving up the lead, tying it. Patrick Kane tied the game early in the third period, 3-3, and then the Islanders ended up getting the go-ahead goal with about six minutes to go and added an empty. That's a huge two points for them, and it's back-to-back wins against pretty quality teams now for the Islanders, beating the Stars and the Red Wings back-to-back this week. So uh, let's see if that can maybe spur them on here as they try to make this playoff push. they got to put a streak together. Winning two in a row is not good enough for Patrick Waugh's team. you got to turn this into a streak. Uh, credit to the Montreal Canadiens. What a battle they put up last night against Florida. Took the Panthers to a shootout, but the Panthers prevail 4-3 last night uh, over the Montreal Canadiens uh, in that game. Um, Florida had dominated Montreal completely, especially as far as margin of victory is concerned, but definitely the best time, uh, game that Montreal's played against Florida in quite some time. How about this shocker? The Buffalo Sabres, 3-2 in overtime against the Tampa Bay Lightning don't look now. Here's Buffalo's won four in a row now. Here we yep. go. Late season push to miss the playoffs in the end. Uh, that's what Buffalo's going to be probably put their fans through right now. We'll go on this red-hot run, and we'll finish two or three points out of the playoffs when it's all said and done. You can see it coming a mile away. That's what's going to happen here for this Sabres team. Good on this huge, frantic, late-season uh, hot streak here in late February, March, and into April, only to fall just short of the playoffs because that's what Buffalo does. But nevertheless, they're playing better. I, I, you know, Tage Thompson's playing some better hockey right now. We've talked about it. You can't yeah. lay big prices with Tampa Bay right now. Sorry, can't do it. I'm not doing it. You can if you want. I'm never going to tell anybody what they sh- should do or can't do. But I'm not doing that. Talked about it right now. This is not a lay minus one, you know, fifty minus one sixty with team right now, uh, like they were yesterday against the uh, Buffalo Sabers uh, in that game. And sure enough, Buffalo hung around, hung around, got the game tied in the third period and ended up winning it on a shorthanded goal. That's what really hurts uh, if you're uh, the uh, Buffalo Sabres in that game. So it was very, very unfortunate. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin with the uh, overtime winner uh, for the Buffalo Sabres, 3-2 yesterday. Just another disheartening loss for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, Alex, like we've said it, I mean, Tampa Bay is not a team I'm putting my money on anytime soon, and especially when you're going to give me them in that kind of a price range, minus 150 or higher. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you look at, like you said, you talked about the that Islanders game uh, against Detroit, two teams that are playing really well that are going to be hanging around the top. Talking about some other teams that are in the East, Tampa Bay does not seem like a team that's going to make the playoffs. They just simply do not. And, and losing games like that, now granted, good on them to get the point and, and, and take the game uh, you know, in, into uh, pass regulation. But you got to win that game if you're Tampa Bay. And, and to lose that at home, no less. Uh, you know, we know the world struggles for for the Lightning, so you have to get every point you can at Amelie Arena to to drop a second point there. That that's heartbreaking. And if, if they miss out on the postseason, we can look back at some of these games just like this one and uh, realize why they'll be home rather than playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, no question. That was a bad loss again for Tampa. That was a power play goal, by the way, for Buffalo in overtime. Not a short anti goal. Got that wrong. It was a power play they had uh, in uh, overtime to get the uh, victory last night. Credit to the Toronto Maple Leafs. There was not a great performance from Toronto, but they did what they had to do, right? Answer the bell after a loss to Vegas, which was a brutal spot. We forgave them for that. And we said on the show yesterday, win this game tonight. Don't be the old Toronto where now this starts a little bit of a malaise again for you. Take care of business against a team that's now lost 13 consecutive games. And they did it. They got the job done. It wasn't pretty. And look, they were hanging on a little bit at times in the third period, but they ended up getting the 4-2 win. So impressed, Alex, with this uh, young goalie for Toronto, Joe Wall, 
He was very good again last night. First game in a long time in the NHL level, and for him to play that well in his first start back, very impressive. And they needed him. They needed him to come up big. He had to make a couple of really timely saves, big-time saves, difficult saves uh, in the third period when Arizona was really starting to pour it on trailing in that game they definitely brought the urgency of a team desperate to snap this double digit losing streak but not enough Toronto hangs on with a 4-2 win and we cash another bargain bin special yesterday yep. Alex Kerfoot plus 440 this is absolutely wild and uncanny how every single time an old leaf comes into town especially in Toronto he scores against them fuck Pierre Engvall did it earlier this yep. year the New York Islanders against uh, Toronto and Alex Kerfoot gets the first Arizona goal on a breakaway. You could get upwards of plus 440 or plus 450 with Kerfoot last night. So that was a wonderful cash, wonderful hit there uh, with that one uh, last night. Uh, and that was one of the few highlights, unfortunately, offensively from a Arizona Coyote standpoint. And in case you're wondering, Alex, yeah, they did it at Scotiabank Arena tonight, last night. Video tribute. Uh, for Alex Kerfoot returning to uh, Toronto. This one's not as bad, though. <laughs> the one thing I will say is this one's not as bad because Kerfoot was there a couple seasons. He played pretty well uh, for Toronto. The Engvall one was a joke. That one is ridiculous. That's absurd that they gave Pierre Engvall a video tribute. This is a guy that split his time in Toronto with the Marlies and the Leafs you know, throughout his entire career. He was down on the third line. He didn't make an indelible impact on the franchise and the organization. Actually, you could argue Kerfoot didn't either, but at least Kerfoot produced. He had a couple of good seasons, but still, I mean, you could go without it still. I mean, it's not like it's Matt Sundin. It's not like it's the big M Frank Mahovlich back in the day. It's not like Dave Keon's coming back to Toronto. It's not like Daryl Sittler's coming back to Toronto. This is Alex Kerfoot. And early this year, holy fuck, holy shit, it's Pierre Engball. Come on, we don't need a video tribute for every single one of these guys. My gosh. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, right? We talk about how these guys come back to Toronto and they end up scoring goals. Maybe it's because they know that the momentum, they're going to have a moment where, you know, the crowd's going to acknowledge them and that gets them, you know, kind of fired up a bit. So maybe we don't want to rock the apple cart here. Keep showing these tribute videos for whatever footage you can, you can, you know, uh, mix up and show right quick because that's a guy we can start looking at. Hey, they're going to give him a little minute in Toronto. Maybe he gets, you know, his groove and he gets in a little extra shift. And next thing you know, he gets a goal and he's a bargain player. So, uh, you know, one thing could lead to another. I'm not saying that's all tied in, but maybe, you know, maybe there's something to that. Yeah, and uh, there is something to that. Look, they're not changing it at this point. Like if Pierre Engvalls of the world, uh, you know, are, are going to be getting that kind of a video. I'm, you know, I'm surprised Mason Marchment didn't get one after they traded him away. But, uh, you know, nevertheless, I mean, that's just funny to keep seeing that here at, for these home games in uh, Toronto. They'll give anybody, any former Leaf, a video tribute. Yeah, you get one shift with the Toronto Maple Leafs and they'll, <laughs> they'll put the video tribute on the screen for you uh, the next time you play them back in Toronto for the first time against them. Uh, amazing. All right. Uh, we continue along here. Uh, Nashville and Terry Edelman. I see you in the chat, my friend. Of course, big wild fan. Uh, I'm sorry you had to watch that shit. That was terrible for Minnesota last night. Um, that was really disheartening, that loss. Six to one. You get absolutely smashed by the Nashville Predators. Gustafson back to another less than stellar start, but he didn't have a lot of help. The whole team was just junk last night uh, in that game. A very, very disappointing loss for them. Uh, against uh, Nashville, six to one. Don't look now. The Nashville Predators, since Andrew Burnett said, "You know what? We're not giving you that U two concert. You're not going." Since that moment, they revoked the U two concert privileges for the team. They haven't lost. 
<laughs> you would think maybe the players revolt. You know, how dare you? You know, you two concert. We had this shit planned. You're not taking that away from us right now. But they have not lost a game since then because they said because they were struggling at the time. It was after that Dallas debacle. They haven't lost since that game where they got absolutely you know destroyed by the Dallas Stars on home ice. So this has been a nice little run that they put together now, the Nashville Predators. Seven straight wins. They've beaten some pretty good teams in the mix. Well, I'm, I'm actually looking at it now. Minnesota. Minnesota's a solid team. Ottawa's been struggling, obviously. And I'm San Jose or not. L.A., though, you know, playing a little bit better. The Vegas win was impressive. You do have to give them their props. They've won seven in a row, and they're still right there, Alex, in the wild card race. Nashville's not going away. No, they're not. They're not. And and when you have teams laying eggs like Minnesota in those kind of spots, that's what's helping Nashville stay afloat in this race. Uh, you know, Nashville, the team I thought would kind of fall out a little bit in uh, favor at this point. That doesn't seem to be the case. Soros is carrying them well. They're getting balanced scoring. If they can be a little bit more consistent with the offense, yeah, this is a, a dangerous team and, and a team you may not want to grab and meet in the first round of the playoffs either. So, uh, you know, Nashville is doing, doing the right things. Like I said, you know, having those moments like that, with Brunette, you know, kind of calling the team out, saying, hey, you know, you guys need to be focused. You know, no, no time for partying and concerts right now. And, and they took that message in the right way. They sure have. They haven't lost since that moment. And since that game where the Dallas Stars went into the uh, Nashville and beat them soundly, that was the mom's trip, if you remember, for Dallas. And we all loved Dallas in that spot. I remember it. Uh, and, and since then, Nashville's undefeated. Speaking of Dallas, great uh, segue Really strong game from Dallas. That's probably some of the best 60 minutes of hockey I've seen from them all season. Uh, last night against a very good Winnipeg Jets team, uh, a Jets team that usually plays Dallas very tough, especially in Big D. But last night it was a 4-1 to one win for the Stars. They controlled the game start to finish. They jumped out early. None of this slow start. Get this slow start bullshit out of here. They finally didn't have that last night, Dallas. They finally put their pedal down uh, on the floor, pedal on the gas uh, right from the start. A three nothing win for or three nothing lead after the first period for the Dallas Stars. One of those goals being wasn't my bargain bin, but I did have a piece of it. Logan Stankoven. That's now three straight games with a goal for this kid. Plus four thirty he was to score a goal last night. Um, very very impressed with him and the instant chemistry that he has right now with uh, Wyatt Johnston. Very very impressive uh, to see that. Uh, no question about that for this team. And yet and yet. <laughs> he's actually been sent down. So uh, it's pretty crazy to see that to the AHL. But, uh, you know, it's an, unfortunately a numbers game. And, uh, he, you know, he was called up basically out of necessity. But, uh, you know, you look at it and they've, lo well, they've loaned him to Texas with the Texas Stars is what, how they're describing it. He ain't going to be down there for long, I have a feeling, though. Uh, but I think for cap, yeah, cap reasons, as Matt's on top of this, he's the Dallas Stars fan of, of the bunch yeah, it's cap reasons because they're bringing in, obviously, Tanev pretty soon in this trade. Uh, he's going to make his debut either tomorrow or more likely, I'm hearing, Tuesday for him making his uh, Dallas Stars debut. So uh, try, it's the cap crunch. It's unfortunate because he's playing great. They probably want to see more of him. But, yeah, for now, it's, he's got to be sent down due to the cap reasoning uh, there. Uh, but, yeah, that was a really solid win last night for Dallas, 4-1 to one, uh, against Winnipeg. Another really strong night in net as well for uh, Jake Ottinger. Uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars, and look, great night because look, he out um, he out uh, played Connor Alibuck, and that's not easy to do. So, uh, a four-one win for Dallas, very solid win for them there last night uh, in that game uh, as they continue to their hold on first place in the Central Division. 
Uh, Colorado 5 nothing against Chicago last night. You would like to have seen a better game for the ESPN a national TV audience than that. Uh, a better effort from Chicago in particular to make that a better game. It just did not happen. It was just, I mean, I watched some of that third period. I, I couldn't watch for more than two minutes. Like it was a dead atmosphere, quiet as can be. You could hear a pin drop. Chicago is skating in quicksand. They can't get anything generated offensively. Uh, even though they're, they should be pressing down 4 nothing and eventually 5 nothing. they just couldn't get anything going. The only thing that was positive from Chicago is I liked seeing Connor Bedard with a burr under, burr under his saddle last night. Yeah. In that third period, he was really angry. He was playing with that anger, that livid type of mentality. There was a bad missed call. There was a vicious slash by Josh Manson uh, on Connor Bedard. I can't believe they missed it, quite honestly. It was right there in the middle of the ice. He's shaking his hand after, and you could see wham right over the arm there, right over the hand. And, and Bedard was giving it to the refs, you know, that there was no call there. He slammed the uh, the bench door shut, uh, and he was just pissed. And then I think someone tried to take a run. It was kind of to the side late in the third. Someone tried to take a run from Colorado at Bedard, and Bedard went right back at him and, yeah. and went right in his face. And you could tell the crowd actually kind of reacted to it. You could hear it during the uh, broadcast. But this is good for Chicago to see this out of number 98, to see that he hates to lose. He hates seeing his team play just an absolute dog shit type of a game like that. And you see this anger in him, piss and vinegar, you know, some spirit, some showing that he hates to lose. That's a good thing for Chicago. Nothing else about that game was good last night, but that was a good thing. Yeah, it was it was quite obvious that number 88 was the best player in a red uniform at the United Center last night. And, uh, you know, I mentioned it in the in the in our little DM chat. It was a power play in the second period where Bedard was literally just darting all over the ice trying to find a way to score. And every time he looked for somebody that was open, they could not get the puck on their stick. They, most notably, Ryan Donato, who, you know, I'm going to call elephant hands for the rest of the fucking year because he's just absolutely abysmal. And I've always wondered why is, you know, uh, Luke Richardson so quick to put him down on the third or fourth line. He thought at the beginning of the year, well, maybe it's just to try to get some offensive balance. And those, no, that's just where he belongs. He's a bottom six forward. And uh, his trajectory is just nothing but down. It's super disappointing because I was really hyped about him coming to Chicago. I thought he was going to take that next step and be that kind of offensive compliment in the second line, third line, a guy you could pair with uh, Bedard on a power play and give you some, some, some momentum and energy that hasn't been the case at all. And it was just awful. Oh, Anthony Bavillier has done absolutely fucking nothing. I don't know why he's here. I really don't know why he's why he's wearing a Hawks uniform. He has done jack shit. He got hurt, then yeah. he came back. He all he does is skate around for sixteen minutes and gets his exercise in. He he's useless too. There's a bunch of useless guys in this fucking Hawks roster, and I cannot wait to see them gone at the end of the season. Yeah, no, I mean I agree. I agree. And look, we knew there was going to be pain, agony, and blues for extended portions of this season. We knew it. Doesn't mean you have to like it. Doesn't, and especially when you have to watch it. And, you know, when you're a fan of the team, you watch their games. And Alex was a fan of Chicago. He watches their games good, bad, or indifferent. He, Matt Robinson probably want, would watch Dallas Stars games good, bad, or indifferent. You know, you, they're still your team. You're still going to watch. But, man, it's difficult at this time of year when it's just it feels like they are pulling they're, – they're basically pushing a boulder up a hill and the boulder's just rolling back down and, you know, crushing them and rolling, run, running them over. <laughs> Right, and you, and you know that we know that they're not going to win games, right? Okay, they, they were going to lose that game to Colorado. Colorado's one of the best teams in the league. That's not the thing, but the fact that you said just no life and energy from the majority of the lineup that that's unacceptable. 
This is a yeah. team, like I said, we talked about this for, for weeks. This is a team that at least shows up and plays hard at home. They didn't do that last night. And, and I get, you know, now we're heading into the last final 20, 21 games of the season. So we probably will see this group take off a few more nights than, uh, than others going down the stretch. So it's something to keep a note of. We, we may not have any way to back on Chicago the rest of the year. It might be all fade, all team totals, everything else, because if they can't get the offense rolling, which that's been an issue for the majority of the year, the defense has been uh, lack of days ago at times, especially if it's sort of blooming that. And now we're talking about, you know, 20, you know, 20 games left and, and really nothing to play for. You just want to make sure Bedard stays healthy. And, uh, you know, these guys just be skating around for the, they're certainly playing for exercise. Uh, now, now the calendar has turned to March. That's for sure. Yeah. Kyle Davidson's got a week here to get busy. Let's get, get on the horns, get on the phones and let's, uh, let's start yep. shaking things up here. It's, yep. it's hard yep. rebuilding for next year right now. Yeah, it's time. Get get some things in motion here. You know, they have the and by the way, they have the closest thing that they've got on the network right now, hockey wise, broadcasting wise, to Gary Thorne doing the game. Bob was shooting, and Chicago can't even score a goal with him on the call. We couldn't even get a great Bob call for a Chicago goal last night. So that's how uh, tough it was last night for Chicago in that game. It was not tough for the Seattle Kraken. A two nothing win against Pittsburgh last night. Very solid performance. Philip Grubauer is back, ladies and gentlemen. At least right now he is. This has been now four starts with him back that he has looked absolutely outstanding. Outstanding for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Like Colorado a few years ago, good. You know, that is where we're at with Grubauer these last few games. He's got his mojo back. He's got his confidence back. He's seeing the puck well. He's stopping high danger chance after high danger chance. There were a couple of good looks. They did have an odd man rush or two, a breakaway or two, just like the Boston game the other night. And Grubauer's turning it all away right now. And they're opportunistic. You know, they scored when they had to. They got the uh, Bjorkstrand goal, which was a good prop bet for me there. Uh, another goal prop that hit last night. Wenberg puts it away late with the power play goal. Uh, and again, Pittsburgh last night, they had their opportunities uh, with the power play. But again, they failed to convert. What a shocker that is. Being funny, of course, uh, and Seattle with a very nice two nothing win last night. Seattle's still hanging around; they're certainly not out of it yet either uh, in the wild card race. And then the uh, other two late games last night. Well, we'll be, we'll be brief about Anaheim, San Jose. There's not much to say other than I'm happy the over was so easy uh, in that game, uh, six to four for uh, Anaheim. Kakinen was Kaka again. I mean, San Jose, and uh, they're they're having issues. He's having issues again. And this is what happens with Kapo Kakinen. You know, once in a while he can put up a terrific performance, but more often than not, he can get into these ruts, Alex, of two, three, four, five straight games where he's absolute horseshit. And he's in one of those modes right now for San Jose where he's been awful now multiple games in a row, especially the last two when he came in for relief of Blackwood against New Jersey and things fell apart. And then he was not good last night either. So six to four, and I'm happy to win the over very easily in that game. And then I'm going to end with LA Vancouver because this, you know, this is a full blown skid right now for Vancouver. Five one LA. Man, was it ever refreshing to hear Rick Tockett last night after that game? He was blunt, he was honest, and he said it. You know, uh, people are too concerned about their stats right now for Vancouver. We didn't give up a lot in that game, but what we gave up was egregious. I think he used the word egregious like five times in his press conference where they didn't give up a ton of chances, but the chances they did give up to the Kings were odd man rushes, breakaways, getting behind the defense, breakdowns galore, and that's what Rick Tockett's uh, referring to when he said, you know, we've got too many guys concerned about stats. You know, I hate stats, he says. The only, you know, good stats come from good team play, he says. 
That's what good stats come from. And he said all the right things. He wasn't yelling or screaming, but he was very honest and says, you know, we've got guys that have to pick their game up. He did say the schedule's been rigorous. It's been challenging. We've been on the road a lot. He's given them a day off today. You know, we just need to catch our breath, refocus. There's a lot of guys that have to pick up their game. And he said, too, hey, this is the kind of game you're going to be seeing a lot now, March into April, and then beyond if you get there, he said. So there's another level we have to find right now. And I love the honest, very, very, you know, upfront assessment of where things are at right now with the Vancouver Canucks and what is easily their biggest uh, cold streak and their biggest slump uh, of the season to this point. Yeah, you know, this is a buy low time for Vancouver, in my opinion. You said they got the day off today. They travel three games in California or or two games, Anaheim, then L.A., then Vegas, and then they're back home for a season-long nine-game homestand. Basically takes them all the way uh, into April. So this is huge. These next 12 games will determine what we're going to see from Vancouver. Is this a team that's truly a top-tier contender that could win the West and possibly win a Stanley Cup? Or is this just another team that's going to just kind of be uh, another content, you know, another team that makes it to the playoffs but not do much else after that? Uh, so I'm, I'm buying low on them right now. I think this is a team that I'm going to be looking to bet on uh, over the next few games. I like where you're, where you're going, Raymond Reddington, uh, in our chat here. Canucks Kings again on Tuesday. Yeah, in L.A.? Oh, yeah. That, that, that looks like that might be a nice little spot there with Vancouver. Uh, assuming – and look, if, assuming they can get on the road, bond together – Come together, and if you listen to Rick talk it last night, you may not be rushing to bet Vancouver games over the total anytime soon. He says we've got to get back to our the way we were checking. We had third man high. We had defensive awareness all over the ice in all three zones early in the season. He says we've kind of gotten away from that last night and in these recent games for the Vancouver Canucks. So it sounds like the focus and the emphasis to turn this thing around going into this road trip is going to be defensively. You know, not give up these break, have these breakdowns, not give up these odd man rushes, not give up these uh, breakaways that we did last night against L.A. that ended up in the back of our net. So uh, that's that was a quote that stood out to me. I think defense is their focus right now. So keep an eye on that and be aware of that as they begin this road trip, Vancouver, this weekend. All right. That was a a loaded Thursday card. It was a very entertaining one uh, last night. Uh, We are going to get in, of course, to the. Friday card. We've got three games uh, coming up on the Friday card uh, in just a moment. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Make sure you hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Uh, This is Beantown Friday, so we're going to pause twice as we do on Beantown Fridays for our friends at Boston Hemp Inc. who do a great job. Uh, We'll hear from them right now, and then we'll be back in just a moment to break down the Friday card.
Austin and Pink, shout out to them, our sponsors, every single day on the show, including, of course, the Beantown Friday. We'll hear from them again a little bit later on. But let's get into the Friday card. Uh, we've got three games tonight on tap, and we will begin with the Arizona Coyotes taking on the Ottawa Senators. Uh, this is a back-to-back for Arizona, a rest advantage for Ottawa. Uh, we've got uh, Air, uh, Ottawa minus 190 home favorites uh, in this game. Uh, the total six and a half pretty much across the board uh, in this one. Uh, again, the losing streak rolls on uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Another loss last night at the hands of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But here's Ottawa that was starting to come along and we were starting to get impressed. Oh, Ottawa's putting things together. Man, did that come to an abrupt fucking halt this week? My goodness, two back-to-back atrocious games for Ottawa at Washington and at Nashville uh, earlier this week. Uh, not good defensively all of a sudden all over again. Shades of what was really a problem for them early in the season. Uh, so, again, struggling to keep the puck out of the net in the Washington game and in the Nashville game, giving up 10 goals in those two games combined. So, uh, not what you want to see with the team going back home now laying minus 190. I mean, this is a very hard side to wrap your head around. Do you want to lay minus 190 with Ottawa? I don't. Do I want to take Arizona? Not really on a back-to-back on this double-digit losing streak. Uh, so neither option really appeals to me in this game, but the totals do. If you look at uh, Ottawa here, all of a sudden, you know, we have seen some issues uh, with them as far as keeping the puck out of their own net uh, again. And Arizona, the issues all season have been keeping the puck out of their own net, but especially of late, the last month, during this losing streak, Arizona's defensive play has been wretched, it's been rancid, and the goaltending hasn't been much better. And especially from this guy that's going to be a net tonight for Arizona, Karel Vimalka, we have talked about him extensively on this show lately about the struggles and the absolute loss of confidence that this guy has gone through here lately it has been rough and there's a reason why Connor Ingram's gotten the last three starts and yet they still haven't won because Karel Vimalk has been brutal I mean there's nothing else you can say he cannot stop much right now he has given up 15 goals in his last three starts alone six to Toronto in the desert last week four to Colorado five to Carolina before that he has had big-time problems, and this team in front of them is not playing good defensively either, so it's a horrible combination as far as bad defensive play from the team and then maybe even worse goaltending from this particular goalie right now, Karel Vimelka for um, Arizona. On the flip side, it's going to be Jonas Corpusalo for Ottawa. He hasn't really been all that great this year either. He's had a very disappointing year considering the expectations of getting him from L.A. at the end of last season. Uh, 3.41 goals against average, 887 save percentage uh, for Corpusalo this season. So uh, those aren't good numbers. Those aren't numbers you really want to trust here uh, going into this game. Uh, now, it is worth noting, too, from uh, the Chris Otto totals charts, Ottawa first 10 minutes goal has been automatic lately uh, for them. And even for Arizona, it's been very strong uh, as well. Um, so I think we could see that continue here. Uh, the bottom line is, yes, I don't trust either side but I, I kind of have faith both teams can do damage against the respective opposing team's defense and goaltender, for that matter, neither of which are in great form right now, the, the two teams defensively uh, or, uh, of course, the two goaltenders in this game. So this is over trifecta for me here with Arizona and Ottawa. Over one and a half, it's a heavy price, minus 150. You could wait for a live over one and a half if you prefer a pregame minus 150. I do like that. Both teams to score at a nice plus price in the first period and definitely over six and a half 
full game total as well in this game. And it is worth noting, it's been over Palooza, uh, over City with these two teams head-to-head. Coyotes and Senators, five straight overs, six of the last seven. And look at the la- scores of the last five head-to-head games. All of them have gone over, 8-5, 5-3, 6-2, 5-3, 4-3. All of them way over the total. So uh, goals, goals, goals is what I think we see here in Canada's nation's capital uh, here tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Arizona, Ottawa. Yeah, I'm right there with you on the over trifecta. I got a fan duel minus $1.42 for the first period over. I played that a little bit smaller because I'm going to want to try and jump in and grab uh, a little bit more at a, at a better price. Uh, certainly probably won't get plus money, but at least try to grab something in the $1.20, $1.10 range live. Uh, both teams to score plus 160 over six and a half minus a dollar 18. And like you said, this is a Arizona team. I kind of looked back to see how Arizona fared against Ottawa, especially on the road, because keep in mind, we're oftentimes talking about Arizona coming off of a win against Toronto. So usually kind of riding good momentum. And I look back and see they do have some, you know, pretty solid numbers uh, against uh, the Sens. They've won uh, not eight of the last 11 meetings. So, I can see where, if, you know, Arizona's going to break this streak. This could be the game they do it, uh, the night they do it, and the team they do it against. But I don't want to take any chances with that. I just want to stay with the totals here. So first period over, small pregame, a little bit more in-game. Uh, both teams to score and over 6 and a half. If you want a long-term number for Ottawa, first period overs, 49 and 30 uh, in their last 79 games to the first period over for the uh, Ottawa Senators. And I know on the first, if you look at the uh, Chris Otto totals charts, uh, I know the first 10 minutes, you could even add that if you want, you know, the first 10 minutes there to be a goal uh, in this game. That's been cashing relatively uh, routinely uh, for the Ottawa Senators here in recent games. It's also a very good prop game. You know, uh, there's a couple of games where I think we're going to see maybe a lot of goals tonight. This is one of them, and it's a good prop game uh, as a result. There's a bunch of different Pinto, top line and top power play unit. Batherson is heating up now for the Ottawa Senators. I think you got to look toward him. Goals in three straight games, five points in the last four games as well for Drake Batherson. So Batherson, Pinto, definite choices as far as props for sure. They're my two favorite forwards for Ottawa as far as player props uh, in this game. And then on the back end, by the way, there's big concern coming into this game that they'd be without both Thomas Shabbat and Jake Sanderson, who are their two best defensemen by far. It looks like Thomas Shabbat will play tonight. A little less certain about Jake uh, Jake Sanderson. Uh, he looks like he's a he's more doubtful tonight. But at least they will have Thomas Shabbat. You know, as far as um, you know, the defensive uh, the blue line tonight. It looks like. Uh, so definitely I'm interested in that. And as Alan Trimble says, the one blue liner I really like, it's the old team angle, right? Jake Chikrin for the uh, Ottawa Senators against his old team, the Arizona Coyotes. You know how that often can work. Uh, we know Jake Chikrin is capable at times of putting up numbers. Now, he did score a couple games ago against Chicago, um, and he, he only has two points in the last uh, seven games. And normally when I take props, I like to back the players that are in good form. But I might look past that just because of the former team angle uh, with Jacob Chikrin here tonight against uh, Arizona. Uh, so those are definitely some props. I like Pinto, Batherson. Yeah, Giroux and Stutzla have cooled down a little bit, Rocco, but before, you know, for a stretch there about a week, two weeks ago, they were just absolutely on fire for Ottawa. And maybe against a bad team defensively like this, they can get back up and running as well. And then for Arizona, look, I'm going to go back. I don't like him as much. He's not going to be my bargain bin choice tonight, but I'm going to go back to Alex Kerfoot. He scored in back-to-back games for the uh, Arizona Coyotes 
Uh, I go back to the well with him. Matias Michelli has been pretty solid lately. Probably take another chance here with uh, Sean Dursey uh, going into this game, or not Sean Dursey, Dylan Gunther, I should say, uh, going into this game as long as he remains on the top power play unit. So those would be the main ones on the uh, Arizona side of the equation as well uh, as far as uh, player props here uh, going into uh, this Arizona-Ottawa game, which we anticipate we're going to see some offense here uh, between these two teams. Uh, all right, next up, we've got Philadelphia and Washington. Uh, the Flyers here, road favorites, right around minus one. Uh, at, wow. Holy, wow. I, this the, I've just seen this line for the first time in like two, three hours. Minus 145 now on the Philadelphia Flyers. That is a huge move. That is a, wow, that's a big-time move. Uh, in this game toward the Flyers. Uh, the total right now sitting at uh, six shaded to the uh, under in this game. I am on Philadelphia, but I got a much better price on this game with the uh, Flyers around minus 125 to minus 130. Uh, now it's a little pricey for my liking. And I mean, we're talking almost minus 150. It is minus 150 in a couple of books. So really is getting up there as far as the price. But I do like Philadelphia in this game. I Said the other day when I cashed a ticket with them against Tampa Bay uh, the other night, great 6-2 win at home, that you've got a situation here with Philadelphia right now where people are just ripping this team for losing those games against Pittsburgh and the Rangers over the weekend. But Pittsburgh, Cal Peterson was took an absolute dump on the ice. That's what he did on Sunday afternoon against uh, uh, Philadelphia, uh, uh, against Pittsburgh, rather. He was that bad in net. And then the Ranger game, I thought they outplayed the Rangers and a hard fought loss, tough loss. I think Couturier probably should have tied it in the final seconds. So I don't think they played that bad over the weekend and Tampa feasted on two struggling teams. And, uh, you know, Philly brought them back down to size with a win the other night. Uh, I think Philadelphia can get on a little bit of a run there. Um, Washington, I think definitely has Again, I keep saying I think they're going to do for some corrections, do for a little bit of a step back. There's no question. And they get uh, rolled by Detroit, of course, earlier this week, uh, eight to three uh, in that game. Uh, Philadelphia has done well head to head. They've won three straight meetings against Washington uh, entering this game. So they've played the uh, Capitals pretty well. I like Philadelphia here, but I also like the draw. I do think this is a competitive game. This is the one draw I like uh, on this card tonight. Uh, it's this game, Flyers-Capitals draw plus 360. It went to a shootout earlier this year when these teams played. 4-3 was the score in favor of Philly, but it went to a shootout. Uh, I think it's going to be a competitive game. I don't think Philly's going to blow them out. I think it's going to be a competitive game for sure, but I do favor Philly to win. Uh, I do think there's a, a little bit better defensive play. And I think another thing I noticed in handicapping this game, Washington's offense has feasted with the power play lately. The power play has done a lot of the damage for Washington. Well, Philly's penalty kill is near the top in the NHL. Their penalty kill has been outstanding. And if you can shut down Washington's power play, you're going to have a good chance to beat them. So the the, the penalty kill of Philadelphia, which has been, uh, and I worry about Washington being able to contribute five on five, you know, if that power play gets shut down by the Flyers, which Philadelphia is capable of doing that with them having the number one or number two penalty kill right now uh, in the NHL. So I like Philadelphia here. Don't like the price as much now, but I would still go that way as long as you can get less than minus 150. And I also like the draw uh, here in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Flyers Capitals. Yeah, I, I like Flyers in this spot too, but this price has uh, gotten way out of hand. So I'm hoping that maybe Washington get a goal early and I can grab some Philly live. 
Uh, but I like the draw here. I like a little bit of the first period over as well, minus $1.20. It's kind of a short number. We've seen two of the last three meetings go over in the first period, two of the last three meetings go past regulation. So keeping it kind of small with this game, like I said, we'll hopefully try to look for a spot to grab Flyers money line during the game. But I just like uh, the draw and the first period over for pregame ones. All right, there you go. A draw in first period over here for uh, Alex uh, in this uh, game with the uh, Capitals and Flyers. There are a lot of, you know what, I don't know if this game's going to go over the total. Uh, I'm neutral on it. I don't, but like, I don't like the full game over, really. No. Uh, yeah, I think it could go either way with that. Uh, but there are a bunch of props I like because even though this could be a 3-1, 3-2 game, you know, this is a situation where I think the people that might contribute, the 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 the, the choices are obvious in this game. You have to look at Tyson Forster for Philadelphia. He's been outstanding since he's been on the top line. And without Konechny, he stepped his game up too as well for them. No question about that. So, you know, plus 280, it's not quite bargain bin price worthy, but Tyson Forster uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers on that top line. He's been excellent lately uh, with Lawton and Tippett. Uh, What's he got? Four goals in the last three games, five points uh, in the last three games as well. You can look in that direction. I don't mind Scott Lawton as well because he's picked it up since being on that top line, centering it uh, for the Flyers. Noah Cates and Ryan Paling have had a couple of games with points playing on the second line since they were moved up. And I know someone mentioned this earlier too. Travis Sanheim, um, this guy's shooting the puck more. He's getting more involved offensively, and it's showing in the numbers. Uh, He is a point-producing machine right now from the blue line for Philadelphia. Travis Sanheim in the last eight games, has a point in seven of the last eight games. He actually has scored in three of the last four games, scored a goal in three of the last four games, four goals in the last six games for him. How about six points in the last four games for him? How about multi-point games in each of the last two games for Travis Sanheim? So Travis Sanheim props have to be a part of the portfolio tonight. Simple as that with just how good the numbers have been. Uh, lately for him and then on the Washington side there's some decent options too even though I like Philly in the game doesn't mean Washington can't contribute some offense here and on their side you could go with Hendricks LaPierre who's centering the top line with Ovi and Tom Wilson Hendricks LaPierre has three goals in the last two games for this uh, Washington team centering that top line has clearly been a nice move by Spencer Carvery because Hendricks LaPierre has made the most of it Pacioretty is starting to find his offense for Washington. He scored goals in back-to-back games for the Capitals. That's another solid prop option there. Protoss, McMichael, and Mantha, even though they're down on the third line, are a threat to score. And we have seen them do some damage offensively uh, of late. So uh, I think uh, when you look at this matchup here, I'm not sure it goes over the total of the game, but there are some good props. There are some really good player props in this game on both sides based on uh, current form and position uh, in the lineup right now. Um, I hope that's not a bad thing. Someone's saying, why is this guy's voice soothing? I hope that's a good thing. Uh, I, I assume you mean me. I appreciate that, though, very much. We also appreciate seeing our old friend, Jimmy Murphy, who is now uh, joining us on this Beantown Friday edition of the show. Jimmy, how are you? What's going on? I'm good, guys. Sorry for checking in so late. Uh, just checking into my girlfriend's up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Just settled in. So, uh, yeah, here I am getting ready for the, yeah, and, uh, the eye test. Right. which is coming up later. Make sure you're, you're watching. I always yep. do 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Uh, I test Jimmy Murphy, Pierre Maguire. That's a great show. I know Yeah, I watched that episode with Colby uh, Armstrong. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. great. Great character. He is. Yeah. Always has been. Yeah, yeah. great he stuff is. with him. 
a lot of fun. I want to say this too, Jimmy, your show's doing good, but I think your playoff shows, when we get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's less games, and you and Pierre will be on Monday to Friday, and you'll be able to take apart and deep dive the individual games of each playoff series, you know, the day after it uh-huh. occurs on the show. Th- those are going to be great shows, you know, when you get yeah. to do some playoff yeah. analysis of the games from the night before. I'm looking yeah. forward to those. Yeah, Pierre said the same thing. And by the way, too, for you college hockey fans out there, we've got Rand Pecknell, the head coach of Quinnipiac University hockey team, the defending national, national champions, champions, Quinnipiac. Yeah. Uh, will be joining us today at four o'clock. So check in for that. And, um, but yeah, I agree with you. Pierre, def- Pierre has said that many times to me. And also, you know, next week is uh, kind of a big day on the NHL calendar a week from today. So we're going to be doing a uh, special trade deadline special on Friday, uh, March 8th for the trade deadline. We're not sure on the time frame right now where we want to go like noon to four, but we're not sure if logistics are going to work with our production crew right now, but uh, I will keep all of you guys posted on that. Just follow, follow me on Twitter. Obviously, the Twitter handle is right there, and then also you can follow at SickPodNHL is the Twitter handle for the eye test. But yeah, I appreciate all the support you guys have been giving me, and uh, it's going well. And I'm psyched for you guys as well. It's this uh, True TV stuff going on, huh? Very exciting, Jimmy. Yeah, True TV. Well, we're not on the actual television network yet, uh-huh. <laughs> but. True TV Plus, the streaming platform. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the Ice Guys show. We're loaning it to them. Uh, there's someone that uh, the Fired Up Network, someone who runs that from Canada, and the Fired Up Network is now included in the True TV program plus programming, the streaming wow. platform. Yeah. And so the Ice Guys is going to be sent to them. And we're going to, we don't know, I think they're going to be rolling through. You know, it's uh, they don't have a set schedule and it's like just they pop them into the machine and they just roll them one after another. And it's going to be random days, random times when our show appears on the True TV plus streaming platform. But uh, it's basically going to show up (laughs) daily at some point and we'll be on there. True TV plus seven days a week with the uh, Ice Guys show. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Hopefully uh, uh, True TV plus streamers. And remember, this is the uh, the Atlanta Georgia Turner outfit that's running this stuff. So we're looking forward to that for sure. Yeah. 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 That's that's great. Good. Congratulations on that. And I look forward to it. And, uh, you know, Pierre, too, I've been mentioning you guys a lot on the podcast, too. So uh, we'll have to get a little powwow together sometime. Get you yeah. guys on to talk about some hockey gambling uh, in the near future. We'd love to, absolutely. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great. We'd be. We'd love to. You can. And uh, we'll. Yeah, do some crossover. You know, yeah. us on yeah. your show, and maybe you and Pierre once on this show. You yeah, know, yeah. We might have to get that, that going great. here. I'll, I'll uh, talk to Pierre about it, but let's make it happen. So, sure. yeah, but no I doubt. saw you guys talking about this game right here, guys. I mean, this for all intents and purposes, this could be the capital season uh, tonight. If you really look at the standings, you think could about be. it. They lose tonight. It might be full sell mode for GM Brian McClellan. And, uh, you know, all eyes are going to be on some of the players there. Anthony Mantha, Nick Dowd, and some other guys. Uh, Joel Edmondson, I think, are names you got to keep an eye on. So, you know, I don't know how that affects you betting-wise, but uh, I would think that the Capitals know that, uh, and they're going to come out with some desperation. So, I, guys, I'm feeling it. I know I, I, I watch you guys every day, and I know you – you hate using the word because you call it so much, but you're right all the time. I think this is a draw season all the way, boys. I think this is a draw right on, you know, like the perfect setup for yep. some overtime and maybe a shootout. I agree. This is the one draw that I like on the three games tonight. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not on the draw yeah. in the other games, just this yeah, one. Same. Here. Same. Yeah. 
Philadelphia and Washington. I do think we do have potential here for uh, overtime uh, in this one between uh, these two teams. Uh, the other game that we talked about earlier, Jimmy, Arizona-Ottawa. I mean, Alex and I are just keeping it simple. We think goals early and goals often in this game. What do you think here? Yeah, I'm right with you there. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't go near the side right now just because you just never know with either team. You know, well, you kind of know with Arizona. It's been so many losses in a row. But I feel like Arizona's been playing better lately. I didn't think they played that poorly against Toronto. I thought they played okay against – like, I feel like they're finding their game. They just, they're just they just stuck mentally in the rut of losing so much. So I, I feel like they're going to come out desperate to, to, to kill that streak, you know, and Ottawa was going to want to bounce back as well. But, you know, these teams do not play defense. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would do the over uh, trifecta, as you guys like to say, for sure. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we're thinking in that game uh, too as well. I'm uh, I'm actually mildly mildly tempted. I'm probably not touching. I am not touching it, but I'm mildly tempted. I was mildly tempted by Arizona here just because of the. Players. I am too. They, they, they yeah. just do. They're due. Yeah. 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 Here's here's why because I've actually seen their last two games. Montreal they outplayed Montreal. They probably should yep. have won. Montembeau was very good last night. They were down to Toronto early in that game. They fought back, got it within one goal, and they had. Toronto on the ropes a little bit. They almost tied it, you know, many times in that third period. So it's one of those deals where you're not winning, but what are they? What's the coaches say? The word, the process is getting better. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm seeing from Arizona. Yeah, they're still not winning. They're still losing this week. But you're right. Their process is getting a little bit better, and they are making progress in their team game. It's just not showing up in the result, in the end result, and it's not showing up in wins just yet. The only thing that's holding me off Arizona, though, Jimmy, is the back-to-back on the road. And the milk has been just atrocious lately for Arizona in that. That's what would worry me for them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I would lean. If I was going to do a side, I'd definitely lean Arizona. But I, I don't think I've got the balls to do it right now at this <laughs> point. Uh, let, let them snap out of their skid on their own, and then I'll maybe start thinking about betting them with a side. But, um, you know, I, like, I know one guy you've been liking and I like as well. And man, I think he'd be a great fit for the Bruins uh, at the trade deadline. Is Nick Schmaltz? Uh, I, I, I jump on him for a goal tonight. All right, Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, always a threat, and always, of course, top line player uh, for the Arizona Coyotes. Before we get into our last Friday game uh, on the slate, Jimmy, we do need to talk a little Bruins, as we always do when yeah. you join us. Um, that was a great gutted out win last night. Now, I don't want to say great because there's portions mm-hmm. of that game where there are still some worries, and blowing another lead is certainly. Uh, concerning last night, but they found a way. I thought from a draw standpoint, which Alex and I, we loved that Bruins draw again. We're a little miffed at Aiden Hill. He should have had that Mason Lowry shot. You know, I get it. It's a nice little shot there, but that was that fifth power play goal, which ended up being the game winner. I thought Aiden Hill should have probably had that one, but give the Bruins credit. They found a way. They won in regulation for a change. It was when they needed badly. And how about Bruce Cassidy too, Jimmy Murphy? Uh, yesterday in the press conference. Too, with, uh, yeah, it's nice to come back here wearing the ring here, kind of flaunting it there right in the Bruins' faces. Uh, I uh, I loved it. I don't think I it's like anything. That too. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, you guys know what I think of Bruce. So, I mean, yeah. I, 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 he's one of my favorites and uh, was lucky enough to cover him for the years he was here and form a good relationship with him. So God bless him for doing it. I mean, guys, I, you know, you can still make the argument. I know they set records in regular season, but the fact is the Bruins choked in the first round of the playoffs, right? And then they've choked a lot in games this year. I mean, they, a lot of what's been going on in the last month, it was not a good February for them. 
And a lot of it was identical to what you saw in that series, which tells me here we are in February and that was April. Okay. And they still haven't fixed what bounced them from the playoffs, what led to them losing in monumental fashion. Uh, And I think, look, I, I like Jim Montgomery a lot and I think he's a great coach, but I, I still think there's an argument to be made that if Bruce Cassidy is coaching that team last year, then they go deeper because I think, you know, with the exception of some of the guys that were unhappy with them, namely uh, Jake DeBrusque, who, by the way, is probably going to be traded anyways now, uh, you know, you look at it, he had kind of gotten a team to a certain point. He was building something with that team, with that core. And I just think, you know, I, I don't know. It, it is, you could go either way on it, but I think there's an argument to be made that uh, maybe he's uh, wearing that ring with a Bruin symbol on it if he had stayed. It's okay, Jimmy. I'll say it. Bruce Cassidy is a better coach than Jim Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he is. <laughs> That's it. Yes. And look, we yeah. like Jim. And it doesn't mean Montgomery. We, we like him too. But yeah. but yeah, Bruce is better. That's it. Yeah. Bruce is a better coach. That's the that's it. Hands down. Yeah. No, and, and I and I applaud Vegas. We said it earlier. Down three nothing. They could have said, "Hey, not our night. Let's move on to the next." Well, and there you go. Blow leads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think they're going to be a very interesting team to watch in the next week. Um, they're not going to be a team that's trading draft picks because they don't have them. They're not going to be a team that's trading prospects because they're pretty thin and they they're committed to building that back up again. So you know, while Bruins fans might not want to hear this. I think they could both sell and buy at the same time. I think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, they ship out, say, a DeBrus for some prospects and a pick um, and some other guys as well, maybe a Matt Grizzly, <laughs> just guys like that. And then, you know, it's a big debate right now here. It's been going. I, I reported it last week. And, uh, and by the way, too, thanks to Elliot Freeman for giving me credit, uh, which doesn't always happen in this business, but, you know, that – they're listening on Linus Almark again. And people are saying, oh, just that's stupid. How can you break up that tandem? Just wait till the summer. If you're Don Sweeney and you've got that luxury right now, isn't it time that you say, okay, we've done enough with the luxury. It's time to fill some holes with what arguably could be one of the best trade ch- chips heading into the deadline next week, right? Because yep. I don't think Nashville's trading Saros anymore. No, we'd agree. No. Right. No, they're I mean, right back in the, the mix again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you look around, I mean, who are the other goalies off the top of your head that could move? Really? Yeah. Maybe the guy you just mentioned in, in Arizona, but he's shaky. If yeah. you're a GM and you're contending for the Stanley cup, do you want from Elker? Do you want Linus Allmark? The reigning the Calgary's not <laughs> trading Markstrom. Yeah. They're, they're not trading Markstrom anymore. Yeah, Calgary. Right. Not, Markstrom's one. off the market. Yeah. But yeah. The, the fact is, is you've got Edmonton, Colorado, and L.A. out west that think they're a goalie away from really making a run. And I, I think Edmonton thinks they're going to make a run anyways. But if the, if the deal was right, I can see them interested. Colorado's a team nobody wants to talk about. But, yeah, their goaltending has sucked. Let's be honest. I mean, that, that yeah. team's way ahead in the standings. They've had some losses where it's solely been on the goaltending. Yeah. And then L.A., I mean, they're they, overworking they're Georgiev over- there. Too many yeah. games for that guy. Yeah. He's being yeah. worked into so, the ground. Yeah. So, I mean, why the hell wouldn't you test and see what you can get right now when you've got Rob Blake or Ken Holland um, or, or McFarlane in Colorado desperate for goaltending? They're not going to be desperate in the summer. They're going to sit back and they're going to weigh their options and they'll, they'll make calculated moves. This is when GMs make dumb moves, is when they're desperate. 
So why not see what you can get? Maybe you get a boatload. You keep talking about wanting to build for the future. There's your ticket right there. I really think they need to trade Linus Allmark before next Friday. And L.A. makes the most sense out of those teams. You made Colorado wouldn't, I don't think, would be the best fit because, like I said, even though Yorgi has been run into the ground, that is his team. You bring an Allmark in there, and now you start running the 1A, 1B system. Maybe he falls off a bit, and now you're in trouble. You got a goalie yeah. who's trying to get his footing with 20 games left going into the playoffs, and then a guy whose confidence might be a little bit rocky because you brought somebody in. So I, I don't see him fitting in Colorado, but L.A. would be a fantastic spot, especially because they need a goalie, not just for now, but in the future. You could you know, get an Allmark. You can you know try and uh, work a deal and, and hold on to him a little bit longer too. So yeah, it's something they should definitely try to keep the tires on sooner than later. And great call by you, Alex, too, because if you look at the three teams there, and you know Sweeney's like I just said, he's looking for prospects and picks. Yeah. Out of those three teams, LA by far has the most prospects and picks. Definitely. definitely. You know the cupboards are. are, are Dry, they're gone, they're empty. It's just like Boston, Edmonton, and Colorado have been using a lot of their picks and, and mm-hmm. prospects to to go for the cup each year. But LA still has a great foundation of prospects that they have the luxury to move some of those guys. And I'll tell you this, guys. I mean, on that recent not last night, but on that recent seven game homestand that they had, LA at three of those games out of the seven had three scouts, including their assistant GM and their director player personnel. So yeah. clearly they're looking at the Bruins for something. I don't know for a fact what it is, but I mean, do the math. Yeah. That multiple games, you got multiple King upper management and uh, involved in watching and what Boston's doing tells you there's some discussion going on. Yeah. You know, it's just a question of what players are involved in the mix uh, of that discussion between the Kings and the Bruins. You know, Boston's actually been one of those teams. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, teams uh, from various teams sending scouts and player personnel development people into the, to watch them. It's that time of year, you know, mm-hmm. weekend before the uh, trade deadline. And uh, it's going to be fascinating because you're right. There's, there's holes galore right now, uh, you know, for the Bruins. They need, they need to do something with right now, in my opinion, the bottom six. Yeah. Uh, they just do. Yep. They absolutely do. There's and no question scary. about that. Yeah. Yep. And the third pair as well, because look, with all due respect, Chat and Kirk's older. Watherspoon's still very young and green at the NHL level. And look, Forbert's not had a great year. Let's be real. You know, that's just the way it's been. So, yeah, exactly. I'm being nice when I say that. So, yeah, from that standpoint, you know, they've got to get a little depth on that blue line. It's not that same where, you know, one thing, and there's seven and eight that are sitting out that you can just plug in and say, hey, we got great confidence in that guy. You don't have that as much this year, Boston, compared to years past. So, they definitely have to look in that direction as well, for sure, for uh, defensive depth, no doubt. Uh, New Jersey Anaheim. Here we go. Final game of this Friday card. New Jersey minus two eighty road favorite, six and a half the total in this game. So New Jersey stopped the bleeding with a huge blowout win against San Jose. But I want to caution everybody: let's not just assume things are hunky dory. Everything's good again in New Jersey. You know, let's be real. That game was one nothing San Jose after the first period. Mackenzie Blackwood was outstanding in the first period. I think really wanted to stick it to his old team, uh, the New Jersey Devils. He gets hurt after the first period, and then it just crumbles for for a new uh, for San Jose after that. Mm-hmm. You know, Kockenden comes in. He was brutal. He gives up two bad goals, not just two goals quickly in the second period, two bad goals, and New Jersey goes up 2-1, and then the floodgates opened. He was awful. The team kind of lost their confidence. Uh, I think the Blackwood injury didn't help either. 
and then San, uh, San Jose just gets drubbed the rest of the game, and it becomes an uh, explosion for New Jersey, 7-2. to two. So I'm not convinced New Jersey, everything's back on track again, but you know, they're playing another team they probably should beat and probably will beat. You know, Anaheim in a tough spot here, back-to-back uh, on the road. They beat San Jose last night 6-4. to four. It was another rough game for Cockin and in net, but it's back-to-back for the Ducks. Now, they did beat New Jersey in New Jersey early this year, 5-1, but San Jose beat New Jersey in New Jersey earlier this year, too, and New Jersey got their redemption the other night against San Jose. So maybe they do get their redemption here, but I'm still not laying anything with New Jersey, not minus 280 not regulation, puck line, nothing with this team uh, tonight in this game. I'm still a little doubtful that they've got things back on track. I just think they opened up a can of whoop-ass against a San Jose team that was devastated after Blackwood got injured more than anything about New Jersey getting things back on track. It looks like Nico Dawes and Lucas Dostal is going to be the uh, goaltending matchup. You know, Dawes hasn't played nearly as well the last few starts, and, you know, Dostal, I like the kid long term, but he's still growing and he's given up, you know, four, seven, 12 goals, 13 goals in the last four starts combined. This is the other over that I like in this game uh, over six and a half. I, I like the full game over more than the early uh, totals, but I will go over trifecta with just a little bit more of that uh, trio of bets on the over six and a half uh, here for the full game with the uh, Devils and the Ducks. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? New Jersey, Anaheim. Yeah, I grabbed that uh, over six and a half as well, minus a dollar twenty. And there's a player that I'm 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 torn between two players that I'm looking at with uh, in this game as far as my bargain bin props coming up a little bit. But I, I like the over here too. No way I'm looking at anything New Jersey right now. Sidewise, I, and same thing with the Ducks. The Ducks are just a, a bad hockey team. Except those stalls gonna be good, but you know, he's just surrounded by incompetence right now, and he's not the the best goaltender himself at the moment. So uh, give me the over. All right, over as well for Alex. Uh, Jimmy, New Jersey, Anaheim. Hey, sorry, guys. I had you on mute there. Um, look, this game right now, I look at Anaheim, is the, the dismantling has has kind of begun, I think, with them. Uh, with the trade last night, I think there's more yep. coming. That's got to be deflating to them as a team. Whether they say it or not, it's, it's hard when all of a sudden, you know, like management's just going to tear the team apart before the deadline. So I just look at Jersey gaining some momentum from that win. And what I just said with Anaheim is a good combination for Jersey there. Give me Jersey on the puck line. All right, there you go, Jer- New Jersey on the puck line. And you're right, Anaheim. Ilya Labushkin, by the way, is the guy that got traded last night to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, a second tour of duty for Labushkin in Toronto last night. And look, first game without Labushkin. And look at Anaheim's defense. Not great. Now, they won, but they still were not great in their own end last night against uh, San Jose. Um, and I think definitely – and look, you take a Labushkin out, you're – What's he there for in Anaheim to begin with this year? Defense. He doesn't give you anything offensively, but he's good block shots, physical, clears the front of the net. So you're a worse defensive team without a guy like Ilya Labushkin now trading him away last night to Toronto. So that's another reason why I think Anaheim becomes a stronger over team post-Labushkin trade because I think now they've weakened that blue line defensively now after a trade him away so uh, keep that in mind and then as far as our uh, props go in this game uh, there's some good options I, I applaud the chat for being more brave than I am with Timo Meyer uh, although he did get two assists against his old team San Jose but he's had a, obviously a difficult season he has done a lot of damage against uh, Anaheim going back to his Sharks days um, so yeah I, I, I don't hate it but I think there's better props than that personally in this game tonight uh, certainly when I look at uh, New Jersey here 
Uh, there's definitely some good options. Uh, you know, you could look at defensemen. That is a good point by Dave, and Dave knows Anaheim well, uh, that uh, we could see certainly, um, you know, him do uh, or the defense get involved offensively, like your Simon Nemich and Luke Hughes type defensemen here. They might be able to get involved a little bit offensively here for Anaheim. You're right. Uh, defensemen do uh, produce quite a bit against this team. You know, on the Anaheim side of the equation, there's even a few props that stand out. You have to. You absolutely have to. You know, Frank Vitrano, you're right. Brett Leeson, who is up to the second line now with McTavish uh, and Vitrano for this Anaheim team. Goals in back-to-back games for Brett Leeson and three points. So I think Brett Leeson's a good prop tonight for Anaheim. Vitrano, who's streaky, seems to be getting it going again right now. Uh, two uh, or Six goals in the last uh, seven games, and he scored against San Jose uh, last night. And you have to look at Adam Henrique. You just have to. The one thing that has been a constant with Adam Henrique, when he plays his old team, New Jersey, uh, I don't know what they ever did. Well, they did you know, trade him, but uh, when you look at it here, New Jersey started his career, had a lot of great years there, but every single time Adam Henrique plays his old team, uh, the New Jersey Devils, for some reason, he lights it up. He had a hat trick against New Jersey uh, in December in that 5-1 victory uh, over the uh, New Jersey Devils for his Anaheim Ducks. So, yeah, you absolutely have to look at Adam Henrique props tonight. I agree. Goal prop, maybe even two-plus goals. You know, he did have a hat-trick against uh, New Jersey back in December. So you could go the two-plus goal route, but certainly Adam Henrique loves playing his old team, always seems to do significant damage offensively against them, and it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, more of the same with that uh, here tonight. All right, great stuff. We've got, of course, Bargain Bin Special and Best Bets coming up to wrap up the show. First, though, we want to remind you, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 per month, uh, daily sides, totals, player props on the page, uh, bonus content as well, goalie charts, totals charts, bonus videos, all that and more. We're going to have more exclusive live betcasts for Patreon members only as well coming up in March and beyond. So make sure you sign up if you haven't done so already. And your $10 per month uh, goes a long way into keeping the show going for the long term. So check it out, patreon.com slash iceguys and sign up for just $10 a month. And also make sure you check out the Ice Guys store, get your gear and your merch over at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, the, the 20% deal did end uh, at midnight, but we will have uh, new sales and specials coming up, of course. So keep on checking the site. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We've got everything in stock right now. Uh, with a couple new items coming out this month, too. So be on the lookout for that. That's at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, great stuff. We got bargain bin special of the night and best bets coming up right after we hear from Boston. <laughs> All right, Boston Hemp Inc., make sure you check them out. And, of course, you can get 20% off any order on the website using the promo code ICEGUYS over at bostonhempinc.com. All right, bargain bin special of the night. And for only a three-game card, there's a lot of good choices 
uh, on the menu for Bargain Bin Special tonight. Alex, we'll start with you. Where are you going for the Bargain Bin? Well, like I said, I was torn between two players with that New Jersey-Anaheim game, and after you talked about it, I landed on it perfectly. Adam Henrique for the Anaheim Ducks. Give me him to get two or more points. Got to love the price here. Plus 420 available at FanDuel. Like I said, he's always done well against his old team. Uh, we're not just riding on goals, just looking for two points. That could be two assists, a goal and assist, two goals. Either way, we'll cash that one. So Adam Henrique, two or more points, plus 420 at FanDuel. That's my bargain special for Saturday, this Friday. That's a great, great price for someone that I think has got a real good chance to get two points tonight because he always – he just crushes his old team, Adam Henrique, every time he plays New Jersey. So would not surprise me to see that. Plus 420, Adam Henrique, over one and a half points for the Anaheim Ducks for Alex B. Smith with his bargain bin special of the night. Uh, Jimmy, is there anything in the bargain bin you got for us? Yes, guys. Back to that Philly-Washington game. Uh, I'm looking at Hendricks Lapierre uh, to light the lamp again. He's got a little streak going right now. He's been really good since they called him up. Uh, you can get him at Plus 425 to score a goal in this game. Yeah, actually, I see plus 450 at points bet. So the, even better. Get, yeah, even better. Yeah, I love that one. I That was almost my bargain bin special of the night. I really like it. Hendricks LaPierre, plus 450. Washington Capitals for uh, Jimmy Murphy with his bargain bin special uh, of the night. Uh, for me with the bargain bin, man, there's some, there's some great choices. There really is. Um, wow. I, I'm going to see which one's the better price. And that's the one I'm going to go with. I'm deciding between Brett Leeson for Anaheim, who scored in back-to-back games and is plus 650, or Travis Sanheim for Philadelphia, who has three goals from the blue line in the last four games. He's plus 750. I'm going to go with Sanheim just because the price is better. Travis Sanheim, Philadelphia Flyers, plus 750 for my bargain bin special tonight. Although Brett Leeson is damn good choice. LaPierre is a damn good choice. Uh, as well. I love what Alex is going with, with the Henrique over one and a half points as well. Uh, I would have gone with Tyson Forster to get a goal, but it's not bargain bin worthy. He's only plus 280, so it doesn't make the criteria. There's a lot of great choices, but I will lock in Travis Sanheim, Philadelphia Flyers, plus 750 to score a goal. I think his point props are really worth a look too, but I'm going to go with just the straight Goal prop. He has three in the last four games for Philadelphia. Travis Sanheim plus 750 for my bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bets. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, for best bet, we would go with the draw in Philly and Washington. Uh, we all like it. We think this is a great draw season kind of a spot. Uh, he said Washington's pretty much now or never if they want to try and make a rush to the playoffs. Philly just needing points uh, any way they can get them. I expect this game to be kind of tight. And uh, I think we see goals early, and then we see it slow down the pace. So maybe a three, you know, two, two, three, three correct score you can sprinkle on as well. But give me the draw plus 350 with the Flyers and the Caps. That's my Friday best bet. Philadelphia, Washington draw plus 360 for Alex B. Smith with his best bet. Jimmy, always great being with you on Fridays. What do you like for your best bet here tonight? I'm gonna I'm gonna go in that game too, guys. But I am actually gonna go with a prop for my best bet in this. Another prop that is, uh, give me Anthony Manta to get a point over over point five points uh, for Anthony Manta, who's been absolutely on fire at the exact right time for the Washington Capitals, so they can up that trade value and move him by the deadline next Friday. That's actually a pretty healthy price on that. You can get plus one twenty eight. Uh, for uh, Anthony Mantha to get a point uh, here for the uh, Washington Capitals tonight at Bet Rivers. So there we go. Anthony Mantha to get a point plus 128 
for uh, Jimmy Murphy with his best bet. Uh, Matt Robinson had a prop for his best bet yesterday on the show as well, and he got his with Jamie Benz. So, yeah, props are good for best bets. Anything goes. Whatever cashes, that's all that matters, right? Hopefully this does cash. Arizona-Ottawa over six and a half. It's been a very strong series history for overs. Five straight, all of them easily going up and over the total. I think we see more of the same tonight. Coyotes-Senators over six and a half, minus 120. Uh, for my best bet here for this Friday NHL card. Uh, That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. Jimmy, some final words from you. I test, top of the hour. Make sure you tune in. Yeah. Oops, sorry. I got a little food in my mouth here. (laughs) Trying to sneak sneak in a bite before we begin. Yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah, not just final thoughts. I would say enjoy the hockey this weekend, guys. I think there's some great games tomorrow night, especially on Hockey Night in Canada. So, uh, enjoy the hockey and have a great weekend. No doubt. And we'll look forward to tomorrow's Saturday show. It's a monster one at noon yeah. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. So make sure you don't miss it. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex P. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday for another edition, a monster edition of the Ice Guys. Mm-hmm.